Before today's regular message, I will present a brief report which I've experienced on this coronavirus situation which started for me on March 11th, 2020, about a week and a half ago. Although I had been hearing of this coronavirus, when it really caught my attention was the first day of the NCAA basketball tournament. For they first announced they were going to limit the fans to 150 per group or per player, uh, per group, I think it was, per team. That really caught my attention. But what caught my attention even more was later that day, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. They canceled the entire tournament. Never before have I heard anything like that. I'm 82 and I've never heard anything like that before. Even in World War II, we didn't hear anything like that to my knowledge. It was just all gone. In a moment, everything was swept away. And then other groups started canceling. I know NBA canceled. I'm not a fan, so I barely know about NBA. But I was aware they canceled their whole season. And then PGA, who plays outdoors, they even canceled an outdoor tournament. And this all happened the same day. The announcements came on March 11th. Everything disappeared at once. All sporting events in the United States closed down at once. That's just unthinkable. I'm not saying it was wrong to do it. It was just shocking. It was one of those things like a star falling from heaven that catches your attention or a loud clap of thunder. All of a sudden you say, what, what, what is this? And you watch the news basically the rest of the day on and off because it's so shocking, unprecedented. We have to pay attention when something is unprecedented. The first thing I did the following day after they shut down all the sporting events I canceled my next dental appointment, changed it to September, from March to September, and I changed or canceled my eye appointment where they test me for glaucoma every, uh, this doctor only tests me every year. He said I have a mild case. Well, this is unnecessary. I canceled both appointments, have nothing left on my schedule between now and at least September. Why should I go to unnecessary events? A few days later, I was hearing a news report, and the thing that the, they were advising is cancel unnecessary medical appointments. I'd already done that. I did that the second day. I think the Spirit of God is definitely a step ahead of anything the world can come up with. 
think we can be assured of that. If we'll follow the Spirit, we'll be okay. The virus actually worked to my benefit concerning medical because it gave me a very good reason to cancel the medical appointments that were required. For example, uh, I have glaucoma and the eye doctor wants to see me every 12 months, which is not unreasonable, but it's also not needed because I have eye drops and can get more eye drops, which is all they ever do to control the situation with me. It's basically not even necessary for me to go into a doctor provided I can get the eye drops. But in the past, I've had to go into the doctor to get the eye drop prescription, so I tolerated the appointments. But this is an excellent excuse not to go in. The second thing I had was dental. And this was for a cleaning, uh, teeth cleaning. I canceled that appointment. We had received a notice from the dentist that it was safe to come in because they were carefully cleaning the room. But I just thought, well, it doesn't make any sense to me to go in. They can clean the room, but you could be exposed to another person, a patient. And why do it? Why do it when you don't have to? And it gives you an excellent reason to cancel the appointment. So I was kind of thrilled about that. So I called immediately, or had Pam call and cancel the dental appointment. She kept her appointment, but then the dental office canceled, contacted everybody and said they were closing the office temporarily. (laughs) So we were a little bit ahead of the schedule on this. Not surprising. If the Holy Spirit is leading you, he's not going to be late. If you're being led by the Holy Spirit, I was... Not, I was pretty sure that was the wise thing for me to do at 82 years old. But um, it was probably the Holy Spirit leading me. Although I'm very non-inclined to go to anything medical anyway. So it, was, it could have been both the flesh and the spirit in the same direction on this case. Nevertheless, one of the things that interests me so much is that About three or four, oh no, about a, I guess about a week later in the news reports, the one thing they told, they told us to do three things and I'd already done all three. And one was to cancel unnecessary medical appointments. They were telling us also to, what do they call it, shelter in place, which means stay at home. Well, my whole life is that. I live that way. And the third thing is don't come in for a virus test unless you think you have the virus. Well, I had already, there's no way I'd plan to go in to have one of those virus tests. In the first place, I would be very non-inclined to do that, period. The second place, it, it was very strange to watch it on television because you'd see long lines of cars waiting for long periods of time to get up to be tested. And it my, was my understanding that they didn't even have any treatment for the virus. So why should I be tested when they don't have any treatment? 
and I don't feel sick. Well, none of it made any sense to me, so I had no plans to do that anyway. But as it turned out, the three things that they recommended, I'd already done. I feel like when the Holy Spirit is leading you, you're ahead of the game. Don't fight the Holy Spirit. We don't want to be boastful and arrogant and say, Oh, God will take care of me. He'll never let anything happen to me. I see church people do that all the time. But what God has shown me is, by the Holy Spirit, he may show me to do something else, which is protection for me. So to pay attention. Usually in a situation like this, I'll just say, God, please show me what you want me to do. And then I try to pay attention to the thoughts that are brought to my mind, which are from the Holy Spirit. You can kind of tell when it's the Holy Spirit. They're usually pretty gentle and easy to be entreated. The Holy Spirit, frankly, never has me go through brick walls. He doesn't have me grip my teeth and go on with the schedule. Ever. I've never seen him do that. That's a fleshly way. That's really what we're taught almost from the time we're born and certainly taught all the years that we're in schooling. But what God teaches me is pay attention to the Holy Spirit. Commit yourself to God in prayer. Then pay attention to the ideas brought by the Holy Spirit. You might not see any reason to stay home, but God, by his spirit, might show you to stay home. So it's the spirit of God we have to follow. We don't follow our own flesh, or we don't even follow, we certainly don't follow the governments of men. Inasmuch as we can obey the law, we obey the law, but there may be times that God will show us to do something, and we have to do that thing. But mostly he's protecting us, is what I find. John fourteen twenty six. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, says Jesus, he shall teach you all things. He teaches you all things. You don't have to hear a TV report. He teaches you all things. And brings all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. God speaks to us through dreams, through scripture, through concepts brought to our mind. All that matters is that it is the word of God. When we have the word of God on the matter at hand, we have all that we need. John sixteen thirteen. Howbeit, when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. Just take one step at a time and do it that he brings to your mind. One step at a time, one step at a time, it is enough, God said to me 20 or 30 years ago. Just pay attention to the first step. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear from God, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. 
Speaking of things to come, I don't know if God has shown me this or if it's just common sense or what, but I will share with you, I think we have something far more dangerous than this virus ahead, and that is the economy. It can't help but be a problem. How can you close all the businesses and keep the people out and lay off workers and not have a problem? We have a problem. And there is no telling how bad this thing can get economically. I sincerely hope everyone listening to this is out of debt, for that will help you some. And there are just so many things that we buy that we really don't need. Pay attention to that, too. And pray. Pray over it. Do I really need this thing that I think I need? Do I really need it? Let God lead you. Let him be your guide. That's the whole purpose of these recordings, is that we we encourage each other to let the Holy Spirit lead us, to let God lead us. We have just seen things change very fast. Who would have ever believed from March 11th until now things could be this different? And yet they can. And we're warned in 1 Timothy 6 about this. Paul said to Timothy, Timothy an evangelist, Paul was showing Timothy what to tell the people. Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. You can't trust in yourself and your accumulations. It can be wiped out in a blink of an eye. But if we trust in God, we're going to be okay. If we turn to Him... And trusting in God means hearing what God has to say and following Him. It isn't a blind trust. It isn't something where we just say, I trust in God, like some kind of vapor. I can't stand that. I have to have something solid in my religious life. And God has taught me the solid thing that will work, and that is, You hear first from God, and then you put your trust in what you hear. If he shows you to do nothing, do nothing. If he shows you to do something, do something. But don't just panic and say, I'm all right, I'll do nothing. There might be something God would want you to do. Instead, you pray and ask for wisdom. James chapter 1 verse 5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all liberally and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. So we ask for wisdom. An idea comes, for example, that says you better get your money out of the bank and you better store it up. Well, that may not be right. So you say, do you want me to remove any money from the bank and have any cash on hand? Is that what you want? And let God establish your thoughts, meaning give him time to settle you down and reach you with what is best for you. And then you pray, is there anything that I should do during this event 
this crisis, this happening. We do that all the time. Is there anything that I should do? Relax in God and let him show you. Don't we want we panic. Of course we panic. We're flesh. But we're also spirit. So at first we panic and then we say, wait a minute, wait a minute. And then we turn to God and say, help me. Is there anything I should do? If he doesn't show you anything to do, don't do it. This is the way we follow God. Next, let's talk about our concerns. Is there anything at this point in time that you're concerned about? I think you should make a list of all of the things that trouble you. And one by one, take that item to God in prayer. This is in keeping with the Philippians chapter 4. Sometimes we forget to pray, though. That's why I say I just sit down right now and make a list of anything that might trouble me. Am I concerned about anything that might happen tomorrow? Is anything of concern to me? The world is beaten down at the moment with great concern, and you may have concerns, and I may have concerns, and each of us have to examine ourselves in this matter. Am I concerned about anything? And if you are concerned about anything, then ask God what to do about it. For example, we have several animals. Pam has two dogs and two cats, and I have one cat. Am I concerned about their food? Should I get extra food for the animals at this period of time? See, where is your concern? Let God lead you. He might have you get extra food, and he might show you you're okay. Whatever your concern is, let him lead you. So be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Now, Paul doesn't just say, be careful for nothing. He tells you what to do about it instead of the care, to deal with the care. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You won't be arrogantly saying, oh, God will take care of me. You will be communicating with God and allowing him to lead you in this period of time, as we should in every period of time and every day. So this is the way we approach this corona, coronavirus problem. This is the way we approach it. I kind of think we're ahead of the game, really. I know that I have approached it this way from the beginning of March 11th. When, I, when it was my beginning, it began for me on March 11th. And when God got my attention about this subject, from that point, I began, I'm sure, to ask God if there was anything I should do in my life. And I just began doing it. And, of course, some things were, to me, just totally irrational, like going for that virus test. That made no sense at all. 
So follow the Spirit of God for you, and you'll be all right. Now, the remainder of this recording is going to be on the subject of encouraging yourself in the Lord. Battles come to each of us. Thoughts hit our minds to cause us to wonder if we've done the right thing. Is our doctrine really right? Is what we have said to other people correct? Are we wrong? Thoughts like that come. When such happens, the only thing we can do is turn to God with all our heart and ask Him to judge us. For He is the one who knows the truth. If we sit there and try to figure it out by ourselves or go to other people and ask them what they thought, we may get more confused and it could destroy us. But when you turn to God with all your heart and ask Him to judge you, He will do that. Right or wrong, God, you judge me. In Proverbs chapter 3, we read, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Trust in Him, not in another minister or a pastor or a friend or the neighbors or a mate. Trust in the Lord. Turn to Him with all your heart. Believe that He will show you the truth from his view. See, he has a view of what he wants us to do. The other people may not understand that view. God is the only one who can judge us properly. You have to trust in him. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him, pray, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Don't try to figure it out yourself in your own thinking. Instead, fear the Lord and depart from evil. We have to take the words God would give us after we pray and depart from the evil that the devil is trying to use to attack us in the terms of thoughts. One time, well, David was often discouraged. People were always doing something to him. But we have one specific time when they did something to him, and we read that he encouraged himself in the Lord. 1 Samuel chapter 30. David's men had been out fighting the enemy. They returned to their home and they found that the Amalekites had invaded and carried away all the women and children and had burned the town. It says, And they had taken the women captive that were therein. They slew not any, neither great nor small, but carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men came to the city, and behold, 
it was burned with fire. And their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken away captive. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no power, no more power to weep. And David's two wives were taken captive. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. They were at the point of stoning David, plus he lost his wife and children. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. This always sustains you, for God will have a way of sustaining you. And David said to Abasar the priest, Ahimelech's son, I pray thee, bring me thither the ephod. And Abasar brought thither the effort to David because David's going to inquire of the Lord and that's how they did it in those days verse 8 and David inquired of the Lord saying shall I pursue after this group shall I overtake them the Amalekites who had stolen all of their women and children and God answered him pursue for thou shalt surely overtake them and without fail Recover all. And that's exactly what happened. David didn't just take out after the Amalekites. He first consulted God. Shall I do this? He did recapture all of the women and children. David often inquired of God. At one point he was going to fight the Philistines. And he inquired of God first. And God said go up for I'll give them to you. So he went up and fought them and won the battle. Shortly thereafter, the Philistines returned. David didn't just go up and fight them. He inquired again of the Lord. And this time, God said, don't go up. Instead, God set another plan before David where they were going to encircle the enemy and ambush them. You have to continually... Ask God what he wants you to do, rather than reasoning it from your own mind. God helps us when we ask him. Recently, very strong doubts hit me. I said to God, am I wrong about this? Immediately by his spirit, God brought me a scripture to show me I was not wrong and to balance the fears that had come upon me. For when you speak the word of God to anyone, frequently you will have fears come upon you. What if I'm wrong? God stabilizes you. One woman in our little church group attacked me very bitterly with her tongue and accused me of various things that I had done to her in trying to correct her. She said it was like I was throwing rocks at her. I was really devastated. I had no business being a minister if I had done the things this woman 
accused me of doing. So I turned to God and I said, I cannot go forward in the ministry until you judge me. Not judge her, judge me. I had to see God's view of me. That same night, God gave me a dream. Someone had dumped bags of garbage in front of the door of my house and all the way down the entire front of my house. By that dream, I, had be- I came to believe really instantly that this woman, instead of dealing properly with the corrections I had brought to her, she took offense in them and did not turn to God properly with these corrections. And she stored up the hatred against me in her heart. It's like storing up bags of garbage and then later she dumped all the bags of garbage at my house. But in God's sight, her accusations against me were garbage. So I was able to go forward in the ministry. By her attack against me, she actually had the power to stop me from doing the ministry to which I had been appointed. I could not go forward until God judged me, and I knew I couldn't. And he did judge me. So I was able immediately to go forward. That's what we have to do in these attacks. We have to turn to God with all our heart and let him judge us. Let him set it correct. And then we hold on to what he has said. We build our root system deep within us by that which God has said to us in the question involved. You have to build a root system because if you just hear it one time, Satan is likely to come and snatch it out of your heart. So build the root system by keeping in your mind constantly, at least for a season, the word that God has brought to you concerning that issue at hand. 1 Peter chapter 4 Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. But rejoice. It's hard to think of in short rejoicing in the midst of suffering, isn't it? But we rejoice because we are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, for the word that you have delivered to the person, if you are attacked because of the word that you have brought to that person, Peter says, Happy are ye, for the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part, he is evil spoken of, but on your part, he is glorified. God is glorified every time we speak that word that is given us by his spirit. Every time we speak that word to another person, we glorify God. 
We are not bringing glory to ourselves. We are trying to set them on the right path of God. And the attack comes to us by them for the word's sake because it's Satan trying to steal the word away from them and us. But it glorifies God when we speak that word brought to us by the Holy Spirit. Mark chapter 4, the sower soweth the word. And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. If you let the devil have that word, he'll take it from you. You hear that word and he comes immediately to say, well, now did God really say that? Did God really mean that? Did you just imagine that? See, he's there to steal the word away from us. You can't let him have it. Hold on to that word. Verse 16, And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word immediately receive it with gladness and have no root in themselves. They didn't focus on the word. They heard it and were happy, but they had no root. You have to focus on the word. You have to meditate on the word day and night and hold on to it tightly, refusing all words that are contrary to that word which you have heard from God. Let it build a root system in you. If you plant a seed in the ground, a flower seed. Don't you water it? We water the word of God that is given to us by thinking on it, by acting on it, by sharing it with other people. But these people have no root in themselves. They heard it and they endured for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution Ariseth for the word's sake, immediately they are offended, and they turn from the word. We must not run away from the trouble, but rather we must run to God in prayer with the problem and let him help us. If we try to ignore the trouble, we'll be swept away. The only way to deal with The trouble that comes to us is turning to God and letting him settle us, putting our trust in God. This is the only thing that will work. God trained me with these scriptures. Joshua chapter 1. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of their life. As I was with Moses, so will I be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. They will rise up against us with contrary doctrines and try to pull us off of those things which God 
has shown us, but they will not be able to do it because we are going to cling to God and what he says. And we're going to turn to God and he will not fail us. He will stabilize us when we turn to him. Verse 6, Be strong and of a good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land, which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Those of us called into the ministry really have this responsibility of bringing the people into the victory of overcoming through God and helping them to endure through a lifetime of overcoming. Be strong and of a good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. We are giving these people an inheritance of the word of God so that they won't be swept away by the devil who often is working through friends and relatives. Verse 7, Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. We do not go by the law of Moses today, but we go by the law of God as set forth in the New Testament. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper wheresoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee, says God? Am I not the one who told you these things by the Spirit of God? who brought these scriptures to you, who brought these doctrines to you by the Spirit of God? Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. Don't give up. For the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. I kept those scriptures before me day and night for months and months and months when I was first born again to teach me the way of God. Each of us have discouragements come to us and fears come to us by devils. Sometimes they come through the words of people, of other people, of relatives. Sometimes they come just straight from devils to our mind. We have to learn to turn to God with those fears and let him settle us. And then after he settles us, we have to hold on to that which he has given us, for it can be stolen away from us. Build your root system by keeping that word that God has brought to you before you day and night. I have put each of these scriptures in writing for you. All you have to do is go to our blog, Jesus Ministries Exhortation, 
on the right hand side of the blog homepage, you will find podcast. Click on that. It will take you directly to the link of this broadcast. The title of this broadcast is Encourage Yourself in the Lord. You can find every scripture spoken today in writing in that section of material. Again, the blog name is Jesus Ministries Exhortations. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.